right, so Man to Man podcast, we're back again. Uh, last time you had a great interview with Rich, yeah, which awesome. was so it was so good listening back through that. And you know, Rich is um, Rich is an old friend of yours, but Rich is an old friend of mine. Tim, I've known yeah. Rich for a long, long time, and um, you know, it's just it's so neat to it's it's cool to have people like that in your life that have just that just know so much about you yeah. and they know who you were and who you are which in some cases is you know a little embarrassing at times right <laughs> it could be good it could be bad yeah yeah exactly right. so you know rich has probably seen me at some of my worst days and and see me in in you know hopefully what is some of my better ones so that's really good so go back and, and watch that one if you haven't because it was so good um it was just cool it was cool to to see that and be a part of that right. so um it was just it was just super neat but we're just you know, two guys having a conversation is the point in this, um, talking through some things that, that come to our heart. Uh, you know, we're not, I'm not anything like some Bible scholar or anything like that. I just have questions and, and you try to help me out to understand that. And, and between the two of us, I think we talked through a lot of stuff and yeah. accomplished some good things. So, uh, so we're going to do that again. We have our Becoming a King retreat. First time we've done this retreat. Super cool facility up in Trout Lake Camp in, in Minnesota. Um, I've been posting some pictures of the facility yeah. on our Facebook page, which is super cool. Uh, there's some of the, the the neat things that they have there. It's a, it's a whole different type of camp than we, we typically go to. So uh, check that out on the website, mantoman.org. Uh, get yourself registered. So we still have spots open. People can register. April 13th through the 16th is the retreat, Thursday night to Sunday morning. Uh, so we want people to register to come join us for that. But we wanted to do a lead up to yeah. the retreat and, and give people a little taste of some of the meat, right? So this one, as Rich said, uh, you know, he read this book and he said, this is a, this is a meaty, yeah. this is a meaty book, right? This one is, uh, it really makes you stop and think through a lot of things. And, and it was, um, it was interesting to me because when I, when I sat down and I said, okay, what uh what what do i want to go through what kind of things can we kind of give people a taste of what's to come chapter three in this book it immediately jumped to my head it, uh, it is it is the chapter that i think um grabs me the most right and it it speaks it speaks a lot to me i mean i have pages of notes from this part of the retreat because we go through he doesn't go through chapter by chapter but the major topics right. he hits in this topic you know, it hits hard and, and, it, and it coincides with some things that we do at the basic retreats around the poser, right? Yeah. So it, they, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit here. So why don't you start us off with the opening quote from the chapter, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great. It's, it's from Terry Pierce and it says, there are many people who think they want to be matadors only to find themselves in the ring with 2,000 pounds of bull bearing down on them and the discover and they discover that what they really wanted was to wear the tight pants and hear the crowd roar. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just love that. I love that. It's a great descriptor, right, of of just in general this idea of, you know, hey, this is what I want, I think. Right. Then you get there and you go, oh, there's wait, there's a lot of things that I didn't take into account right. here. 
and the chapter goes on to talk about the uh the one thing that that every i'll just i'll just read the quote right our masculine heart the truest us created in the image of god is always at every moment being expressed and operated through either the true self or the false self right and that's that's what the chapter basically is about is is breaking down what is the false self right. let's understand what that is and that quote i think explains it perfectly right like hey i want to be a matador it would be cool right. then you get in there and you realize i could die right <laughs> but this thing wants to kill me right right or it reveals to you really what you yeah. want to be that's the, right you know you wanted them you wanted to be seen by the crowd you want you thought a matador looked sexy in his in his tight pants yeah, yeah. you know i mean that's that that was the the revealing of the false self yeah when it comes to that that quote that that thought you know and that's, yeah because what you thought in like in your head you forgot like hey these matadors are they like they have courage they have training right. they you know these guys are they, i mean there's a lot of things that they have besides a cool hat and tight pants right, right and a sword to cape that's what you were thinking that you yeah. saw it, you know it reminds me of when you're a kid and you're like well i want to be a fireman do you though i mean <laughs> Really? They don't just drive around in trucks and right. wear boots and jet. I mean, these right. guys are, right. you know, it's it's dirty business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's the, that's the interesting thought about a true self and a false self because, um, you know, Morgan says in the book, he says, two of our core needs are for loving relationships and meaningful work. Right. And when you think of the false self, the false self feeds the self. You know, it's everything that I want, everything that I think I want, everything that I want to be, uh, who I want to be like, you know, that's what the false self will feed is Mike Mikowski. It feeds me. And the true self will, will cause me to feed others. Mm -hmm. will, the true self is going to bring love to someone instead of expecting love from someone. You right. know, going to give patience to someone instead of expecting patience from someone. Uh, and and I, I mean, I... You know, which you're probably going to tap into a few stories of mine where, you know, the false self was there, mm -hmm. but I believed it to be my true self. So, it, I mean, it, you know, the false self obviously comes from this want to protect ourselves. Yeah. You know, much of what we, what we do, right, with the, much of what the false self come from is, is this want to protect yourself. It's, yeah. not, it's not inherently evil, right? No. I mean, you're not making something up to hurt people. No. It comes from this want to, like, hey, I, I don't know. I don't know what I am. I don't know who I am. So what do I want people to see me as? Right. And it yeah. stems from that, right? And, and so I, I think what we, we don't want to do is to, is to have people think, like, you know, hey, it's this evil persona, right? right. It's, it's, my, it's my, the evil side of me. No. Because it's not. No. No, in fact, it even, Morgan says, the most dangerous dimension of the false self is that it often works for us. Right. Providing false nourishment, satiating the, the need for identity and validation apart from God. I mean, that's what's so key about it. It's, it'll, be things that, it'll be things that will feed us, mm -hmm. that, that will actually boost our ego, you know, help me to be more prideful. Because why? Because it just it makes me feel good. Uh, that false self is innately going to cause me to be number one and anybody else number two. And like you say, this may not be evil. In fact, in fact, one of the one of the stories I have is um, when I when I first got saved, um, I wanted to be a good preacher. Mm -hmm. I, I just right. wanted to be a good preacher, 
And, you know, and, uh, and so in order to be a good preacher, I started, you know, I was, I was getting, I was taking the Rhema Correspondence course, Ken and H- Kenneth Hagen, and I was taking the course and I was reading all his books and stuff like this. And this is about the time when I was beginning to preach every week for the mm-hmm. students when yep. you were there. Yep. And, and so instead of studying God's word, I began to take Kenneth Hagen's teachings. Sure. I even bought his Bible. He's got a Kenneth Hagin Bible in the back of it was like 300 of his sermons in the back of the book. And so literally I was, I was taking those sermons and I was, and I was copying verbatim mm-hmm. because I wanted to be a successful preacher. So that's not bad. No. Nothing no. wrong with that. Right. But then one time I was preparing and I, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get any peace. I couldn't get no peace at all. I'm sitting up there was, and it was two days of this. And it was Saturday, or it was Saturday night the night before I was supposed to preach to the youth on Sunday morning. And I'm like, God, what is going on? God, what's going on? I'm going through all the Kenneth Hagin books on healing and going through all the Kenneth Hagin's books and just waiting for this inspiration. I'll never forget it. I put the, I slammed the book down on the table. And I was like, what is going on? And God really spoke to my heart and said, you're getting all your information from the wrong book. Those are Kenneth Hagin's sermons. I want Mike Mikulski to preach. And so you're right. It was it was that false self of right. me wanting to be a Kenneth Hagin. I wanted to be as good as him, and literally God confronted me like, "That's not who you are. Right? That's a false self." Right. So and and you did that to you did that again for good. In your in your mind, it was there was a good purpose. For oh yeah. It, right. Like I I want I want to give the I want to give the youth a good service. Yep. I want I want to impact lives. I want to you know. I don't feel like I have the ability to do it, so I'm going to go to somebody that did, right, or that does. Um, I mean, for good reason. Yeah. It wasn't, again, some malicious intent. Right. Which I think is important because I think that we can, we can really get ourselves away with, you know, well, hey, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an evil person. No. No, you're not. No. Not necessarily. I mean, no. some people might be, but you know, probably not if you're watching this. Right. I think the I think the big part, Danny, is where he says a validation apart from God. Right. If you're getting validation apart from God, right, then it's the false self. It's the false self, exactly. And he uses the example of Adam and Eve in in the chapter, right, where he says Adam, you know, Adam after they ate the fruit, Adam realized, oh crap, right, I am now apart from God. Yeah. He was separated from that. That that way, and so what did he do? He puts on, he covers himself up, puts on fig leaf, invents the first ever false self. Right, right. I'm naked, and I need to cover up. Right, you know, so and God says, you know, like what, what, who told you you were naked? Right, right. this false self yeah. told him that. Yeah. And so again, it's not, it's not some, you're out hunting babies, right? I mean, right. it's it's literally you are trying to cover up what you see as a problem. Right. You know, you're you're developing yourself. You're developing yourself. You know, it can it happen careers. I think that's a big area with guys. Oh yeah, that I see Success, it. Right. Yeah, sure. because you you find a little for me. That's a that's a good one for me. Right. That that was a very specific one for me. Is I found a little success in in work, and you know, and I I I could sell. I realized, man, I I can sell, and so I found, and then suddenly it became. Now I have to exemplify that. I have to talk like that. I have to dress like this. I have to go out afterwards and and explain to everybody how great I am. I have to, you know, I I have everything I do has to exude this look at how successful I am. Right. 
because I I achieved this, right? And then there was some achievement that was there. And you know, and again, I'm providing for my family. I'm, you know, I'm 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 successful in my career. There's nothing wrong with those things. Right. But then to live apart from God in that, because I did, yeah. it turns into this again, this raising up of myself and and willing to step over other people and not care who I right. hurt and you know, hey, with my family, I you know, hey, I have to go do this because it's important for my career. So oh, you have things that you need? Well, you know, dad's busy this weekend. Yeah. Or, you know, don't I'm I'm home and I'm tired because I worked all day and so I deserve for you to leave me alone right. while I rest. Yeah. Even though you want some part of me too, because you're my son and you should want part of me, right? <laughs> right. I don't have that to give to you no. because I I am the successful person that now needs rest yeah. to go back and be successful again. Yeah, I mean that statement that Morgan says in the book, any strength expressed through the false self becomes a liability. Right. So it's a strength of yours. Yeah. But when you so it, it, you, again, that whole thing, you're either operating on the false self or the true self at all times. At all times. So a strength expressed in the false self right. is a liability. Yep. can be the same strength expressed in the true self, which can be a positive. Positive for others, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, th you know, this, this, this can be, um, this whole thought can be, I mean, it's this, what this does to me, I'll put it that way. Okay. What this does, what this chapter does to me is it makes me question everything. What am I operating out of at all times? At all times, yeah. Because it scares me. What's, how does it scare you? I, I don't want to operate in the false self. Right. And I don't know because I've created this persona to protect myself. I, I want to know. Like yeah. at all times, what am and so I'm. I, it this chapter scares me because I I don't want to operate like that. Right in the false self, it's right. dangerous. Yeah, and and it doesn't help me or those around me. Well, and that's how you know it's the false self, right? I mean, you know, the for example, the, for another example was you know um, when Carrie and I after we after I got saved and right, right first got married, you know, my Carrie's just an incredibly intelligent person. She just, she's just, she just is. She's mm -hmm. always been just crazy smart, crazy intelligent. And so the false self of me, every time I was around her, I wanted to present myself as smarter than her. Right. Right. You know, right. so I would, I would, I remember making things up that weren't true just so I could just look intelligent around her. Right. So every time she would question me or every time she would be like, are you sure that's right? This, this thing inside me, this false self, this angry, like who the you think you are mm -hmm. you know questioning my intelligence right that false self how do i know it's false self because it was going it was at her it was right. it was putting the blame it was causing her to be the accuser it was and she was just trying to make me make it you know clear what i was trying to say she wasn't accusing me of being stupid mm -hmm. but that immediately th immediate thing and that's from the little boy inside me that that's from me trying to measure up to my brother TJ, who was younger than me, and he went through nuclear engineering in college. You know, right. we'd literally be playing, you know, matchbox cars out on the outside, and you know, it, it never failed. I always ended up working for him. Sure, right. So yeah. he would create his little his little <laughs> house, and his house was always cooler than mine. And so I became his mechanic. This was at you know ages of 
10, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 years old. Um, why? Because, because I always was trying to impress or prove myself to others. And that worked its way all the way through my life. I could see that, that false self, right? right. Instead, of, uh, instead of being Mike, who I truly am, now that doesn't mean I'm not smart. But the point is, is that I always wanted to present that false self. And then that's when God did another thing for me where I, was, uh, I put on that first event that you remember as a kid uh, when you were in my youth group. And it was an evangelistic event. And, and we rented out this thing in Stillwater. And we had about 200 kids come. We gave yeah. away a car. Now I was going to preach this evangelistic message. And, uh, and I, when I came to ask for kids to come up, nobody came up. Yep. I don't know if you remember. I remember him. And I was so distraught that I literally, we got done and closed it up and I left. I got in my car and I drove my car into the middle of the field off of Highway 36 and was just weeping, just bawling. And I'll never forget. Um, I'm like, I'm, I, I kept saying to myself, I'm never going to be like a Kenneth Hagin. I'm never going to be like a Fred, you know, uh, uh, you know, all, Joyce Myers and all those back in my day. And then I'll never forget it. After I came back, we wrapped everything up and I, I went home and I pushed in a cassette tape. Yes, a cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Eastman Curtis. Sure. Remember Eastman yep. Curtis, oh, yeah. that evangelist? Yep. It was Eastman Curtis, and I put it in, and I hit play, and Eastman said, he's like, you know, he goes, he goes whenever, I questioned my, whenever I questioned who I was in God, he goes, I'd always walk to the 18th green of the golf course by my house, and I'd sit down, and I'd pray. And he said, one time I was so upset. He said, I was crying out to God, saying, God, I'm never going to be a, a Kenneth Hagin or a Kenneth Copeland or, you know, a Joyce Myers. And God spoke to his heart. This was on the tape right after this happened to me. And God spoke to his heart and said, Eastman, he goes, I already got a Kenneth Copeland. I already got a Joyce Myers. I need an Eastman Curtis. Right. And that was God's grace again, pushed me back towards him because I stepped off in the false self, mm -hmm. wanting to be like, right. Right. And then God's like, no, you need to come back to me so I can make you the best Mike Mikulski. Right. Right. You know, so. It's that's happened many times, right? Where God has stepped into my and almost stepped into my way, and been like, "You're trying to be somebody you're not." In fact, I wrote down, "We search the world trying to find our identity when we're supposed to be bringing our identity to the world for others to find." Right. You know. Yeah, your identity, like that. That is that. Those two things tie together, you know, really closely with what we're talking about here with false self, true self, yeah. and identity, right? Because we we are inventing our identity and then presenting it to the world. Like you just said, versus just being ourselves right. versus being, bringing what God has put in us to the world and then living in that. Right. And, um, you know, the, the false self really wants to, wants to kind of take over and to um, create something that's not effectively and, and constantly be doing that, which leads to confusion yeah. and leads to uh, self-doubt, right? Because like you said, you're going, hey, I want to be this. That's that false self yeah. that's creating that want to be that yeah. versus you just put on a youth event with 200 kids in Stillwater that's probably never seen anything like that before, right? right? So what was actually done there? Yeah, Maybe not what you had in your head, what your false self, self wanted created. to have happen, now, yeah. but your real self, I mean, you didn't get to actually live in what actually happened there, no. what really was going on there, right. which was a pretty incredible thing. Yeah. I always remembered, it was always interesting to me in that church, I, I remember thinking back 
now is that the youth was almost as big as the church itself. Yeah. It's sometimes probably bigger. Oh, yeah. And, you know, not to knock the church at all, but, you know, that's a lot to, you know, to have that as something that you, you can now go, hey, this is a big deal. Right. Yet we were always, like, trying to strive for the yeah. next bigger thing and the next, you know, thing. And that false self out ahead of oh, us yeah. going, that hey, false self caused us to not see what actually God was doing at the moment. Right. Or in our life at the time. Why? Because we are so much focused on what I wanted to be like mm-hmm. instead of what God created me to be like. And so, it, it, uh, yeah, all that stuff that did happen, that God did produce, that he did make, was blank to me. Right. Because I so much was focused on the self, false self. And that's why Morgan says, the external world is easier to access, mm-hmm. to measure, to evaluate. The inner world takes time. Yeah. Curiosity and, above all, honesty. We often want, won't consider employing until the pain is more than we can bear. Right. So, so many, there's so many things out there that's trying to capture our attention to try to create in us who, this false self of who we should be as the world sees it. Right. Successful businessman, entrepreneur, you know, body like a six pack abs, you know, everything, all those kind of things. There's so much out there trying to create that in us. And we forget the fact that God's already created in us everything he wants us to bring to the world. And um, and it's not measurable, right? I mean, in the no, end, what in the end we can't we a lot of times we can't measure what God is doing with our true self. Right? We don't know, frankly, or or we don't we don't have access to to everything that's being done until years and years later. Like you just said, you know, it takes time. Now you can look back on it and go, "Holy crap, that was a pretty big deal with that youth ministry." You know, of what was going on here. I don't. I mean, I would imagine it doesn't exist even now, anything like that in this area. Right. And yet, at the time, it was, you know, there was no measurable there that we knew of. Right. You know, it takes the time to get back and be able to look back and then see what happens. And I think that it's even more subtle when it's your kids yeah. and your family, right? I mean, it's, when it's your kids, you might not see that. I mean, it can be a long time before you see the result of, good things that you did when right. you were parenting your kids, right? right? It can be decades later right. before yeah. you see, but you have to, it, by operating in your true self, it's the only way you give yourself a chance to see that. Right. Operating out of the false self will produce f- false results right. and, and negative results every time. And they become a liability. Yep. And you and have to somehow protect them. You have to somehow makeshift it you know you got just a continuing cycle of getting further further from god Mm -hmm. and more encompassed in yourself and who you want to be and what you want to be like right um but but the fact is that each time you dig deep like morgan says you know it's it's external worlds are easy to to compare myself to but when i dig deep and listen to what god's saying in my heart oh yeah i mean to be patient in those moments when i want to be angry at carrie or with my kids why because patience is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously operating out of my true self if I'm that way with, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, that it, it, it's, it's a lot harder than just becoming the next successful businessman in the world, right. whatever the case may be. Why? Because that's inner, that's your inner self. That's your true self. That's where the work needs to take place. We don't, we don't receive from the outside in. We actually receive from what God's put in us so that it can be brought out of us. And for me, you know, like you, I love this chapter. I know you said it was tough, you know, for you to, mm-hmm. to read, but I mean, the, the stories that I have from confronting that 
and then learning from it. Mm-hmm. And then how I've, I believe I've become better at certain things and can recognize my true self and my false self. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I say, we're, all, we're a work in progress. So it's tough for me because of the damage that the false self does, right? right. I mean, it's the false self damages other people, you know, and in, in, in my life, you know, the false self has damaged, you know, the, the people that I love the most right? and the people that I have, you know, that are my closest relationships. It It has caused yeah. damage with my kids and, and with my wife. Um, you know, it's Morgan tells the story in the book about him and his wife and, and it, it's, um, it it just it it rings so true and and it it's it really is it's amazing to me how our life how Morgan and my story is so parallel to each other right. and and that's why I think it gets me so much is you know he talks about how driven he was right how how he's got such a driven personality and how that hurts the people around him when it's in his false self right. but it accomplishes so much for God when it's in his true self right same thing like I have a very I have a very big personality right. and you know, and, and when it's in my false self, I hurt, I don't, there's no room for other people around me. Right. It, it, it literally sucks the life out of like my wife. It sucked the yeah. life out of her um, where she was like, I can't live around you right. because your personality is too big for me to exist in this world. Right. Right. With you. I just, I just can't. Right. In the true self, that personality allows me to do things like this right. or to reach out to guys and, 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 and be able to, to feed into other guys' lives and be able to, you know, be able to speak truth and honestly, honesty into them because I don't need the validation from them. Right. And so, you know, being able to take that false self and use the same things that are positive in the true self right. is so important. To not hurting the people around you. Right. Because in the end, operating out of the false self, I believe 100% that you will do damage to the people around you. Yeah. No matter how much you try not to if you're operating out of your false self. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a sobering... Oh, yeah. It's a sobering chapter to me because I, I, I lived so long operating out of that false self. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and sitting in your backyard watching that come crumbling down you know and and realizing like holy crap this thing that i've built up for everyone to see it's just hurting the people around me right and in and then to totally turn that the other direction and go no no i I need to use that to help the people around me so this is the flip side of that is operating out of the true self last night great example Good story just just from last night god is it right like this is what god does is he yeah. provides me a great example just last night <laughs> so we're gonna my me and the boys are gonna go the boys and i are gonna go skiing tomorrow yeah. so we're getting all of our stuff together and we're missing a glove and a pair of goggles right so one out of two gloves and one out of three pairs of goggles like we're you know we're, we're missing this and i'm like guys we're you know josiah we need your glove Caden, we can't find your goggles where are they both kids are like well i had them here Right? Like somehow somebody, the theory is that somebody broke into my house to steal one glove <laughs> and, one, and one pair of ski goggles because they were put in the correct place by the kids. Right. And now they're gone. 
So clearly someone came in and stole one glove, not two, the other one was there, and one pair of goggles. So that's the working theory. Um, again, out of the false self, like I'm, I, I feel myself getting ready to just like, guys, this is, that's such a ridiculous, like, you know, right? Right. So, but I didn't, I stopped, took a long, deep breath. Success finally, you know, right? Once, once, once in a while, I get it right. <laughs> took a deep breath and was just like, hey guys, here's the deal. We we're, we're going skiing on Tuesday. We need to figure this out. Either we find this stuff or we come up with an alternative plan. But one way or another, we're going. So let's put our heads together. Let's figure this out and let's figure out how to make this happen. I'm going to continue to get together the rest of the stuff. You guys work on trying to find this. Josiah goes out to the car to try to find his glove in the garage. Caden goes down to his room and starts rummaging through stuff. We come back together after about 10 minutes, still have no glove and no goggles. And so I said, hey, guys, here's the deal. We have another opportunity on Wednesday to do this better, okay? So this is on me as well because I didn't organize this stuff and keep it all together. It's on you guys for helping me to do that. Right. So when we get home on Wednesday, we're going to do this better. When we pull into the driveway, it's not every man for himself got to go. It's get everything out, make sure we have everything, get it organized, right. get it put away. I went and found a big old duffel bag. I said, we're going to put all of our ski-specific stuff in here. Because when we need it, we need it all at the same time. So it goes in here. We'll have it always in here. So we came up with this great plan. And, and uh, I said, all right, let's, let's just call it a night. And we'll figure out what we're going to do later. I said those words. I went down a flight of stairs, down a second flight of stairs. And at the bottom of the stairs, I had taken out all of our ski boots. And it, one of those boots was Josiah's snowboarding boots sitting at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. So this took all of about 25 seconds. Yeah. And because I'm standing on the stairs looking down at the boot, I can see down into the boot something is in there. And I reach into the boot and I pull out a glove and a pair of goggles. Nice. And so the whole time it was there. Yeah. Josiah took out his boots and didn't see it because he wasn't looking right, at right. from that perspective. He right. couldn't see it. But when I, but so God just, and so I called the boys back and I'm like, guys, here's the deal. One, we didn't lose this stuff. Yeah. You guys did a good job of putting it in a place that we can find it later. Now, right. maybe not the right place, but a place that we can find it later. Two, we didn't get upset. Josiah, you're not mad and, and all pissed off because you don't have a glove. Caden, you're not freaking out and crying because right. you don't have goggles. We figured it out. We can't. Everyone's okay. We're not yelling at each other. We're not mad. This is operating in that personality out of the true self. Yourself. Is now we get to have a good time. We right. get to go. And God rewarded that with like, hey, Come here's on. the stuff. Here's the stuff. I'm right. gonna show you where it is. Like 25 seconds after we right. have this conversation, we find the stuff. And now we're ready to go, and we're going to have a good time tomorrow. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, the, so, the, so this is what's so cool about that. So you were the father in both situations. Right. You could have been on your false stuff and said, well, you guys are screwed. Guess yeah. what? You're going to be without goggles, man. You probably didn't put them away. You, you know, too bad. Face is going to freeze. Hands yeah, are going to freeze. Guess you'll learn a lesson. You should have been taking care of your stuff better. False self. Yep. Instead, you chose, you know, guys, let's work together at this. You chose the true self. That's a perfect example. Same father, mm -hmm. different self. Right. Different self. And the amazing thing is, is that, and here's the key, I think, to all of this. And maybe, um, you know, to kind of wrap us up here, uh, you can give us an, the, the final, you know, quote to you have there. But um, 
The key to all of this is I didn't think about it. I didn't have to stop and go, okay, how do I respond to the kids that's going to be positive and that's down the road? It comes from the way that what I've put into, what I've fed into. It's come from reading this and understanding and putting this into action over the last couple of years that we've been together in walking through this is right. it's, it's uh, my focus is on God. What's in, in me is God. What's in me is the want for God to operate, to operate for me to operate within what God has for me. Yeah. That's what it stems That's from. It stems Not from. some sort of colossal transformation Magic of trick. Yeah. Took, you know, right. all of a sudden, yeah, no. 15 no, it steps it, to it freedom, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took just what, just what Morgan says. It takes time, curiosity, and above all honesty with what's going on inside of us. You know, uh, that's a great example. I, and the scripture that came to me, you know, Danny, which we can, you know, the scripture that came to me is Philippians 2. And Philippians 2 has always been one of my favorite scriptures mm -hmm. because it talks about the attitude of Christ. And I love it. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Well, you are encouraging to your kids. Any comfort from his love? You're comforting your kids. Any fellowship together with the, in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? And make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, mm -hmm. he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. We give up our privileges. We give up our wants. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And this is what I love. Therefore, God found the goggles. And mm -hmm. Right? No, that's not what it says. But <laughs> Therefore, God elevated him to the place of the highest honor and gave him a name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every, under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what happened to you. Right. You know, you did. You worked out of your true self. God honored that, mm -hmm. delighted in that, and had you find those things. I truly believe that. For sure. I, totally I do too. That. I agree. So, yep. So I think that, you know, obviously, again, just giving guys a little bit of a taste yep. of what is coming with becoming a king and learning more about false self, yep. learning how to operate in true self. This is what we want for everybody. That's what we yep. want people to come and we want guys to come and to be able to be a part of this. And so register. It's open on the website. Uh, it'll be linked in the description here. Yep. Just, I just can't wait to see the things that come out of this Amen. because it's amazing. Operating so, out of our true selves. Right. All right.